Brooklyn crew drinking Brooklyn brews in a Brooklyn podcast for you. All right, cut, lads. I think we've got it. All right, welcome back to Brooklyn. Um, I think this is our 14th. Guys, we've been doing this for three months. And now we have 14 viewers, listeners. Viewers. <laughs> I like viewers. <laughs> um, yeah, so congratulations. We've been doing this for longer than I thought we would make it. Honestly, I agree with yeah. that sentiment. Yeah. What do we get? What prize do we get? <gasps> you get more beer! <laughs> do we? Yeah. One of the podcast that's 98 years old in dog years. <laughs> Yeah, that math is not right. <laughs> no, I add <laughs> up. Uh, today we've got the full group crew. Uh, Zach is here. Mm-hmm. Jacob. <laughs> Shalom. Uh, Blair. Hello. And I'm Maddie. Uh, Blair, I'm not sure you can. I'm not sure if you can see them, but did you know that your roommates shaved their faces and now uh. look like children? Oh, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Not a vote of confidence for the old uh, shave your face uh, side of the debate. To be fair, Maddie doesn't easily adapt to anything. I don't. I don't. So I don't like change. The smallest like curves. Curves are very Like curves. slight <laughs> elevations in yeah. the ground. Yeah. That, <laughs> Thanks. that is the truth. <laughs> we are headed into our fourth week of quarantine. So, Jacob's been here for a month now. Nice. And he's left the apartment... What are we going on? Six times now? Uh, yeah. You can definitely (laughs) count it on both hands. Yeah. Um, How is is it as cool living in the city as you hoped it would be? (laughs) In a word? Is it fulfilling your dreams? (laughs) felt more fulfilled <laughs> or free I think yeah. now, when I picture New York City I picture specifically this apartment <laughs> I know yeah, that's a- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this week we are uh, drinking a lot how do you pronounce this Elysian, how- Elysian? can you look yeah. up the proper pronunciation like Elysium like, El- the, like the movie Elysian Space Dust IPA and it says, get dusted. Does it? Yeah, it does. Does it? It does. Um, and actually, oddly enough, one of our listeners uh, emailed us today. Illusion. Illusion? Illusion. Illusion. That just seems wrong. I don't, like, I don't like that. Illusion. 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 <laughs> Jacob, can you tell us about the beer? Sure. Delicious. It is a great beer (laughs) from Brewing Company. (laughs) Delicious Brewing Company, uh, we are drinking their Space Dust IPA. Delicious Brewing describes their Space Dust IPA as a totally nebular IPA combined combining space dust with super fuzz to create a fuzz duster. Uh, okay. Uh, the tasting notes on this are the hopping is pure star glow energy with 
Chinook to bitter and late and dry editions of Citra and Amarillo. Amarillo? It doesn't really tell me a lot. Like, Where did they get the space dust? Yeah, what, is it actual space dust? Probably not. Probably uh, radioactive. Tasting notes, they were saying pure star glow energy. Oh, wow. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like in Mario, when you, you, you hit the star and then you're just invincible for a short time. So you're saying we're going to become invincible after drinking this? So... Untapped gives this uh, with 62 IBU, but the brewing company website gives it with 73 IPU. They might IBU, have changed. IBU, excuse me. They might have changed like the recipe. Yeah, um, but this is an 8.2% IPA, um, and I think that. Uh, It'll be more bitter than what Untapped is telling us, probably. Um, anything interesting about the brewery itself? Yeah. I feel like we haven't done much. Their on name, the for one, is uh. The first location is on the surface of the moon. The Elysian <laughs> Brewing Company is an American brewery, and it operates four pubs in Seattle. Uh, of hmm. course. Um. On January 23rd, 2015, it was announced that Elysian would be sold to Anheuser-Busch. Mm, yeah, they love doing that, don't they? <laughs> this means that Elysian Brewing Company will no longer meet the Brewers Association definition of a craft brewery since full ownership by Anheuser-Busch exceeds the definition's 25% maximum ownership by a non-craft brewery. Mm. Wow. So this is just like a, a domestic beer. Then. Yeah, yeah, it's like that one beer we had that was actually now a Spanish beer. Yeah. Oh, uh, found- yeah. I think it was a Founders. Dirty Bastards. Yeah, yeah. Founders. Yeah. Dirty Bastards. Dirty. Those Dirty Bastards. Uh, Elysian was founded in 1995 by Dave Bueller and Joe Bueller. Isaka and Dick yeah. Cantwell. Uh, Cantwell had been a home brewer who gave reputation. I'm just I'm just reading the article. Um like Big Are we keeping that in? Okay. Um yeah, the original location was opened in 1996 in the Capitol Hill neighborhood with 20-barrel capacity. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. Okay. The, uh, the Capitol Hill neighborhood, I assume, in Seattle. It's actually just no, it's, the Capitol it's, of Hill. That's where the, it's the capital of the country now. <laughs> okay. Well, Dick Fitzwell is our president. Dick Fitzwell <laughs> is our president. <laughs> Fits, you know? <laughs> Doesn't count as a craft brewery anymore, does it? When was the when when did they get bought? Two thousand and fifteen. Oh okay. so they were in business for like twenty years and then Anheuser Bush sucked their soul. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so let's try this. Let's try it. Zachary? Yo yo yo. Cheers. Cheers. Whew. 
is just the definition of IPA. They oh, put, that's right. You don't like IPAs, do you? They put the hops in IPA. Yeah, I warned him when I left to go pick this up today that I was probably going to pick an IPA. Yeah, there's a whole uh, like subculture now of people called IPA guys. And they're kind of like um, urbanites, like young, professional uh, dudes who do like the urban lumberjack look, I suppose. Um, and they've got like beards and they Going all drink IPAs. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's the thing. This is the thing. Oh, You'll I thought you were just describing yourself. <laughs> no, it's no. That's not me. I don't. I don't have a well kept beard. Nor do I have a complete beard. I just have a, a neck beard. <laughs> Lumberjacks don't have well kept beards. They're too busy lumberjacking. And yeah, so well, I am. I don't fall into this category. I'm more of the neck beard uh, gamer type. Um, not because I game, but because I have a neck beard and I spend a lot of time at home alone. Yes, exactly, the Likert scale. Likert scale is a very special scale. It holds a special place in my heart and our hearts here at Google. Uh, it's a pretty basic scale, one to seven. Um, one being the bad end and seven being the good end. Um, if you make beers that we try, you want to end up as a seven, but you probably won't. Um, yeah. Okay, so how it goes is one to two is awful. Uh, two to three is very is bad. Um, three to four is subpar. Um, four to five is like is like neutral to good. Um, four being exactly neutral as it falls in the middle of the scale. Um, five to six is very good, and uh, six to seven is. Excellent. Fantastic. Fantastic. Six to seven is fantastic. That was a six to seven description right there, Blair. Like you scared! Initial thoughts, guys. Maddie. We get some brief thoughts on the initial taste of the Elysian Space Dust <clears throat> IPA. You can. Um, I rather enjoy it. I think... Okay, I like IPAs, so it's not really a surprise that I enjoy it. Um, I think it's got, like, a nice... Fun taste that kind of caught me off guard at first, but I think it's because we've done so many sours that I was surprised. Um, I'm going to go with a 5.5. I was nicely surprised with the beer. It is, you know, it's your classic IPA taste, pretty hoppy, um, and I know. you describe to me what a fun taste is like? Yeah, so it's like, um, you know when you have that first bite of, like, a burger that's not just, like, a regular burger, but it's got, like, hmm, maybe some chipotle sauce on it, maybe got bacon, and it's just like, oh, this is fun and different than, like, your typical burger. That would be a fun taste. Okay, what is, in your mind, a typical beer? 
A typical IPA is IPA hoppy, but a little more dull than this. I feel like this has a little bit more kick to it. Okay. 5.5 it is. Zach, what are your initial mm. thoughts on the taste? I don't like IPAs. And this is an IPA in just the hoppiest sense. So I'm going to... Was 2 to 3 bad? So 2 to 3 is a bad rating. I'm going to give it a 2.3. This is one of the hoppiest IPAs I've had in a while. Um, I don't drink many IPAs for the reason that I don't love the hops flavor. Uh, and this is a very hoppy IPA. I think the only other IPA that I can remember being more hoppy than this, Fat Tire Grassland IPA or something, is like From, a double yeah. IPA. That New Belgium variety. Yeah, the New Belgium. It was so hoppy I could barely get it down. This one isn't quite that hoppy, but it's still very hoppy. If you like hoppy IPAs, then this probably fits, fills all of your holes. It fits well. It fits well into all of your holes. But for me, my hole is square, and this is definitely, like, circular. Thank you. You're welcome. Blair, uh, you don't drink the beer, but you, <laughs> you, you certainly have had beer. What is That's your true. What is your thoughts on... What are your thoughts on IPAs? Um, yeah, I get why people don't like them. Uh, I tend to like IPAs. I think they're good. Certainly an acquired taste. I think you have to drink them quite, I don't know, frequently or just enough to, like, get used to how kind of intense the hops can be. Um, but I think there's a lot of really good IPAs out there. Um, and they have a lot of different kinds of variety and flavor um, that you don't get with, like, a Pilsner or something like that. Fair. Uh, yeah, in line with that, uh, I think that amongst the uh, genres of beer, IPAs are a bit more um, something you have to wrap your taste buds around. Uh, I think this one particularly isn't as in your face as some of them, which I enjoy. Um, when I think of a typical IPA um, as someone... From Michigan, I think of Two Hearted. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think this doesn't uh, stand out as much in terms of the hops, and I enjoy that. Um, I think it's a decent first taste. I'm going to give it a even five. So today, um, going into our fourth week of quarantine, um, we have all consumed just a shit ton of media in the past three weeks. Lots. That is true. Yeah. So, I feel like uh, today we should kind of give some recommendations uh, about what we've been listening to, what we've been reading, what we've been watching. Um, so, Blair, do you want to start us off? Yeah. So, um, whoever had this great idea, uh, for a podcast episode, uh, I, uh, I thank you. Um, so I came up with a movie that I recommend, um, and some music. Now I have recommended 
recommended a movie in the past already, uh, His Girl Friday. I want to re-up that. Great movie. Uh, fun watch. Uh, clean, fun for the whole family, is what I would say. Um, if I was writing a quote that the studio would use for the commercial, which they would because it was made in 1940. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would pick a movie that I think is just impeccably rewatchable. Um, or if you've never seen it, you kind of have to. Um, it's Zodiac. Um, when people ask me what my favorite movie is, I generally tell them I don't have that, have one, but the one that I like to watch the most is Zodiac. Um, and it's just because it does not stop slapping. Um, the cast is pretty awesome. You got Jake Gyllenhaal. You got Mark Ruffalo. You got Robert Downey Jr. Wow. Um, so really just a lot of uh, star power there. And they're all kind of cast really well. Uh, Ruffalo plays a detective who's investigating the Zodiac murders. Uh, Downey, Robert Downey Jr. is playing a... Uh, newspaper uh, reporter who's kind of trying to crack the case and, and following uh, clues himself. Um, and he's sort of working alongside in tandem with Jake Gyllenhaal, who's just a cartoonist at the San Francisco Chronicle. And he takes an interest in the case and kind of falls headfirst into, you know, uh, trying to, to solve the case. Um, so it's really, it's really interesting story. Um, it's really tense at times. And yeah, I just really love, um, it's probably one of my favorite movies out of the whole David Fincher oeuvre movie. Um, so yeah, Zodiac. I think it's on Netflix. It's like almost always on there. Um, so yeah, definitely check it out if you haven't seen it. And with that, I'll ask, uh, Brooklyn friends, have you seen Zodiac? I have not. I have. I watched it last year for the first time. Not realizing it was part of the David Fincher, like, realm. Extended universe. Yeah. 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 Um, And actually, I think that same week we had watched Seven. Yeah. For the first Uh, time. Um, I didn't like action movies when I was younger, so I didn't watch a lot of them. Um, Damn. Seven was intense in its own kind of way. And then this, so good. Yeah. It's also not an action movie. It's a very action movie. There are guns. They're shooting people. That doesn't make it an action movie. What makes it an action movie? Seven is one of those movies <laughs> that I have never seen that I feel like I need to it's, see. It's like a thriller. But that's an action thriller. I feel like they're hand it's in hand. It's more a thriller than action. No, that's not true at all. Have you seen What Lies Beneath? That ain't action. No. That's a thriller. Harrison Ford? Harrison Ford? Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford? Harrison Ford. How old are we talking? What Harrison Ford? 80s. 80s? Oh. Mm. And we didn't watch it? We can. Alright. I have seen Zodiac, I think, three times. Yeah. And each time I get to the end of the movie and I feel unsatisfied because... It's still Well, this is, they, never saw, yeah, they never saw the Zodiac murders. Yeah. And also because... It was a long movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel every time I get to the end of a sip of this beer. Yeah. Um, and uh, But I think um, it's cool uh, because David Fincher has a unique directing style, and you can really tell that uh, he's the guy 
behind most of the camera work because it's just neat to see. It's the angles that he shoots at, I think. Yeah, and the cameras, too. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, cool. And the people behind the cameras. Oh. And in front of the cameras. Um, also, Jake Gyllenhaal, that. fantastic actor. I'm a huge <sighs> fan of his. Yeah. yeah. I'm a yeah. huge fan of his work and his face. Yeah, he does a good job. Um, I think he's cast really well for his role. Yeah. Um, she's just like, kind of, like, that is what Jake Gyllenhaal would be doing if he wasn't an actor, mm. is he'd be making cartoons for a newspaper, I think. Or just, like, but, have one of those stares that just is really unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he just kind of always looks at you like he's, or like in the movies, he's always looking around like he's kind of confused, confused me thinking about something. Um, and you can tell that I, who I think's the best character, like cast best for his role is Robert Downey Jr. Because he's got like this eccentric, uh, like 70s newspaper man who's like doing his like shoe leather reporting, you know, going into the, into the streets and covering the news. And, uh, He's also, like, his character is, like, an alcoholic and is, like, very much, uh, uh, kind of going off the deep end with the story, which is, like, stressing him the hell out. And I feel, I feel like if anybody's going to play that role, it's got to be Robert Downey Jr. See, like, I think, like, four years before the movie, uh, was released, he was, like, he was, like, getting out of jail. Um, From drug abuse. And he had to go to, like... I don't know if he went to jail, actually, but he had two drug charges in, in the 2000s and 2000 and 2001. Um, and then he had to do court-ordered drug treatment in 2003. Um, and has maintained a sobriety since. I'm reading from Wikipedia. <laughs> do you know what um, year Zodiac was released? 07, I think. So. Blair, you had music uh, recommendations as well? Yeah, I did. So this keeps changing for me. Um, it kind of depends on what the day and what the mood I'm in, but, uh, today you caught me in a mood for kind of Americana bluegrass music, um, which I actually find to be pretty easy to listen to while you're working or studying or doing whatever. Um, so yeah, I actually, uh, so listening to this group today, um, the name of the group is Mapache, uh, which is a Spanish word for raccoon, I found out. Because uh, I could not figure out what word this was. If they were like going for like mm, Apache or Map Ache, or if it was uh, I was supposed to pronounce it as one contiguous word. Uh, so it's Mapache. Also, if you Google Mapache, Google just returns the word raccoon, and then they also give you the option to do like a BR AR projection through your phone camera of a raccoon on, like, whatever surface is in front of you to show you what a raccoon looks like if as if it was in your kitchen or your living room or bathroom or whatever. Um, so I found that out today, and that, that was pretty interesting. Um, okay, so here's an album from Apache. It's called From Liberty Street. Um, and yeah, just some kind of nice light tunes that I think are good for working uh, with in the background. And then uh, another group, I think, it kind of goes off of them. They're a little more bluegrass. It's the Steel Canyon Rangers. Uh, Rangers, not Rangers. Sorry. <laughs> um, Out in the Open is the album. Um, they also have a great album that they did with Steve Martin. And um, there are some songs on there that are absolute fire. I recommend that uh, wholeheartedly. And 
you want something a little more mainstream that's still got some of these uh, elements of bluegrass or Americana, of course, the Lumineers are always uh, there for you for a little bit of the folk. So, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm listening to. Do you want to design? Oh, what is it design? Yeah. So, Maddie, what are your thoughts on the design of the bot? Ooh, Blair. Let me show you the. Uh... All right, we got a hop, and it's shoot. It's got um, kind of cartoonish eyes, um, and it's shooting space dust um, kind of out of its mouth. Underneath the label, which is just kind of your typical rectangle, and it's kind of like the. I don't even know what you call that. It looks like the um, the uh, Supreme Court building, you know, upside down, with the triangular roof and the kind of rectangular base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it says Elysian IPA, and then we got a little green banner with some black cursive, not cursive, but squiggly Q text, I guess. I guess it is cursive. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> um, that says Space Dust on it. Um... And yeah, the space dust kind of looks like, you know, your typical galaxy kind of formation, nebula, yada yada. How do you feel about it, Blair? Um, I think this is a fine label. Um, it gets the job done for me. The space dust thing is kind of cool, but, um, I don't know. I feel like that's really the only element of design that goes into it that's like of any note. Um, the the cartoon hop, I guess, is kind of interesting. Uh, 4.7. I absolutely love this. Mm. I, I honestly, okay, I picked the beer today and I picked it. It was the first thing I saw in the second store I went into. Um, the first one didn't have a very good selection. It was, like, all Sam Adams, and I wasn't about to do, like, a Sam Adams beer. Nothing against Sam Adams. But I picked it because, one, the name, like, the font catches your eye. It's easy to read from far away, which, I mean, when you're looking for beers, you're not standing, like, up close and personal. Um, and the animated... Or I guess it's not really animated because that that infers motion, but the cartoon like cartoon like hop is adorable, and I kind of love him or it. I love it. <laughs> I love this design. <laughs> I'm going to give it a six six. Wow. Yeah. I okay, know. let me stop you. Don't. Did you give last week's? You gave the design for last week's beer, the Rose Rose Deville a six six. Yeah, I love wow. that one too. Okay. You're willing to say between the two designs you mm-hmm. couldn't choose one. No. I think the colors of last week's were really nice, but I think they put a lot of effort into the actual design of like the graphic of the hop. So you don't think this is better or worse than the rosé? No, I think they're pretty much equal. I rosé. Like okay, Zach, what are your thoughts on the design? So, of 
the design of this is very similar to the design of the uh what is it it's the shorts space rack maybe Yes, you're yes. correct. The design is super similar, and that's Shorts' IPA. And I liked that design, and I like this design. I think the coloration is good. They really let you know that it's happy with just how green the face is and how green everything else is in it. Um, the space dust, it's that same dusty, rounded pattern. Uh, I'd give this design a 5-1. All right, I have a feeling that'll be the highest rating you can give. <laughs> I have a feeling you're right. Um, yeah, um, I mean, I like space. It's neat. I think the design is neat. I don't know. When I think of the bottle, I just, neat is the first word that comes to mind. Um, That's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. Now, I won't say it's out of this world. Sorry. Um, yeah, uh, I think it's cool. You should be. <laughs> I think it's cool. I, I I don't think uh they 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 definitely played it safe here, right? They played to the space theme. Um for some reason the font reminds me of uh, Fallout New Vegas, and I think it's because we have this bolded text with the cursive underneath. Uh, I'm gonna give it a 4.5. Are you next, Maddie? Sure. Okay, so I am recommending podcasts. This week, two groups of people, I guess two pairs of people, have put out podcasts that I have just really enjoyed. So this movie that we watched on Netflix a while ago, Oh Hello on Broadway. Gilpaz on Chimed, I'm sure. Put out a podcast. This, it's uh, more of a podcast. It was a podcast. Uh, it's 19 minutes long. It is one of the funniest things I've heard in a while. I really, really enjoyed it. Um... Oh, Hello is Nick Kroll and John Mulaney uh, dress up as old men. And what accent do they have? They have like a super New York old guy accent. Old guy Upper West Side New York, allegedly. Yeah. Um, I recommend seeing that on Netflix first and then listening to the podcast. But they're talking about um, Princess Diane's death, which is just like the most kind of obscure thing to be talking about right now. Um, but they interview a lot of people, including uh, who's the guy from Community, the the professor, not Chang. John Oliver. John Oliver. They interviewed John Oliver and a bunch of other people, a bunch of comedians. Um, and they're talking about Princess Diane's death. Um, One of the funniest events of all time. <laughs> I know, right? Um, and then the other one is also based off of a show, or t it's a TV show, um, and it's based off of Scrubs. So they're re-watching Scrubs, and it's Donald and Zach Braff re-watching Scrubs and talking about their experiences. I listened to the first episode today, 
And I was laughing out loud at most of the parts. They just had like this natural chemistry, and I really enjoyed it. Who is it? It's Zach Braff and who? Uh, I don't know. Don- Donald's. Don- uh, what's his last name? Um, Sterling. No, not it's Glover. Faison. 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 Go Faison. F A I S O N. Donald Faison. Face Turk. Turk. It, it was basically... J.D. and Turk. J.D. and Turk. Turk and J.D. And they're just talking about, like, this week was their their auditions. And, like, how they got the part. And then talking about the janitor and Dr. Cox. And, like, how they looked up to them. And it just kind of... It's interesting to hear that. And they have really funny banter. And... It, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Zach Braff in Scrubs is somewhat of a hero of mine in terms of acting, because I feel like it's a part that I could reasonably play at some point in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, the he's not super good looking, he kind of is a little bit goofy, a little bit strange, he tries really hard and cares a lot. Yeah. Um, and, like, he's not jacked in any way. <laughs> Isn't Zach Braff dating Florence Pugh now, though? I don't know who that is. Uh, she was in Midsummer. She was also in Little Women. Which women? <laughs> the Little Ones. Little Women or Little Women Big World? Little... Little Women. Just a little. Like, do you, but do you know which, like, can you describe her I think character? she plays Amy. She's the one that ends up marrying Timothy Chalamet. Ah, yeah, the, the short blonde? Yes. Okay. So, I don't know if it has to do with anything, but that's just something that entered my mind. Oh, well, now we know Zach Braff's dating life. Good yeah. for Zach Braff. Thank God. Anyway, um, is the format of it the same exact to the Office Ladies podcast where they go through it episode by episode, or are they just kind of talking about in a non-ordered way? So they are going. With the show? They are going episode by episode. So this week they did the pilot, but kind of different from the Office. They talk about, like, later episodes a lot more, and, like, I don't know, I just feel their excitement more with the office ladies. It's more, like, structured, and this is, like, this is how they're gonna do things, and like, they have, like, definitive sections of the show, whereas Fake Doctors, Real Friends is more... (laughs) Hey, man, you remember that time where you had to, like, uh, make out with uh, Judy, uh, and he's like, yeah, she smoked cigarettes right before the shot, and it's just like a lot more relaxed okay. and a lot more like free-flowing where they give each other like a lot more time to kind of come to oh yeah, do you remember that time you wore braces for three episodes, but they were on the inside of your mouth and you didn't think anybody would notice your lisp? It's just like, it was a lot more free to like explore things that happen later in the season. Was that an actual like way? Is that how famous people get straight teeth without seeing braces? Yeah. So he was also in Clueless before, <laughs> and he got braces 
in the middle of Scrubs, and they said, you can't do that because we can hear your lisp while you're talking. Take them out. So he had to get the braces on and then take them off <laughs> yeah. without the braces actually doing anything yeah. for him. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> that sounds rough. Wait, which, wait, Jiggy or Turk? Turk. Zach, do you have any media uh, suggestions? Um, let me tell you. I like to play board games a fair amount. And we've played a couple in our apartment, but there are a lot of people that I play with that aren't in my apartment. And... So I've needed to figure out ways to do that with them. One was with my family. We played it via Zoom. Another, though, has been we've been playing using this game called Tabletop Simulator, which is great if you like to play games with friends across the country. Um, It's 20 bucks on Steam, and then you can download any number of mods that have games for it. And it's been a real... We've, we've been playing Pandemic. I know, not particularly, like, relevant to today's occurrences, but Pandemic, a game about fighting off a global pandemic. Um, yeah, and I've been... It's been a good way to keep in touch with people, to stay in communication. What was the name of the... Oh, Tabletop Simulator it's is the name of the game. Called... Yeah. Is it on Steam? Yeah, it's, it's on Steam. Game. You can get a four-pack for $60. Everyone... If, in order to play together, everyone needs to have their own copy, which is the only downside, I think. Um, it's also great because it allows you to design your own games on it, but that mm-hmm. takes a little bit of work. The mechanics of it are very bare-bones, so you need to get used to like manipulating everything with a mouse. But once you get used to that, there are so many games. Star Wars Epic Duels is on there. Alright, so drinkability. Um, yeah, the I think for an IPA, this has a high drinkability. Um, I, I just checked the Dirty Bastard because I recall that as a high percentage beer we have recently had. That's 8.5%. This is 8.3%. And this is much more bitter than the Dirty Bastard. But I think the drinkability on this, for me, is much higher. Um, I think that as much as an IPA would be um, stringent when you drank it as first sip, this decreases as you go along because probably it's high alcohol content. So uh, I'll give it a 5.8. I think it maintains its flavor really well. Um, for me, that's not necessarily a flavor I enjoy. This is, I've been much slower with this beer than I have in previous beers. I just finished my first one. Just started on my second one. Maddie and Jacob look like they're already at least halfway through number two. Um, And that's just, I think, IPAs are a little bit tougher for me to drink. I have to work through every sip. Um, But I think this one maintains its flavor, albeit, in my opinion, not a great flavor. So I'd give it a 3.5. So you would say it's subpar. Yeah. Because if it's, like, I feel like if I liked it, 
I would give it a much higher drinkability because it continues to have that like enjoyability, but because I dislike it, for me it continues to have that disenjoyability. You know what I'm saying? I am still really enjoying myself drinking this beer. Um, almost done with my second, and I still just think it has like a great taste. Um, I I could drink like probably four to five of these. In, in one night, probably. Ooh, that would be... I mean, <laughs> I granted, I wouldn't be in a good it. mental place at the end of that. Um, What's the percentage of this? 8.2. 8. 8. 8. Hangovers after drinking IPAs for a night are the worst. Yeah. They're the worst. So, I'm, in, I'm enjoying myself increasingly um, <laughs> drinking this beer, but... I don't know why I said, but I'm going to go with a 6-2. I'm enjoying this beer. I This is just an observation. Yeah. I think of the three of us, yeah. Maddie is the most generous reader. I agree. I just like to make hey, people I'm not, feel it's, good, it's you know? Criticism. Just... I like the beers. For me, the thing I hate most about adult life is that the... Waking up every day? And not that as much, (laughs) but the amount which I read has just dropped um, off a cliff. But a recent book I picked up that has been very... uh, that has captured my attention... Uh, has been uh, James Clavell's Shogun, and it is a book, I think, that's long enough to be worthy of a quarantine read, uh, if you're so inclined. Yeah, uh, it is a roughly 1,200-page book about a... And I'm only halfway through it, um, but it's about a... Uh, the journey of an Englishman that serves as a navigator for a ship who washes ashore feudal Japan. And it is his trials and tribulations through trying to survive in uh, a warring state in a different culture. He has no way of navigating intuitively. And it's a very cool um, historical fiction book that I think would be enjoyable to most people. Does he speak any Japanese? When he lands, he speaks no Japanese. He, uh, it is at the point where the knowledge of the Far East Asia is obscure and only uh, spoken about through... Like tall tales. Okay. So, when was this placed? The 1600s. Whoa. So yeah, the China is known of, Mm -hmm. but in Japan is like known through, um, as like a abstract concept, right? So there's the land of Japan, Mm -hmm. but that's that's it. Because Japan was super. Super interior. So this was, yeah, this was at the point where the recent ruler of Japan had just died 
And that ruler had closed off Japan's borders, right? So only certain trade was allowed to report in the land. Um, and the rest of Japan had been totally closed off to everyone. And part of the um, appeal of this book is the intrigue of the different nations in Europe trying to vie for control of Japan mm. and how the English sailor has to navigate his way through that as well. So he's trying to survive. He's trying to make himself useful and he's trying to fight for England all in like one stay here. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun so far. I've, I've been reading it um, in all my free time. So, yeah, yeah, it's James Clavell. Uh, it's part okay. apparently of a series of his, uh, but it's um, I think the book that got him big. I feel like I've heard his name before. Can you think of any other books that I might know him by? Uh, well, he's got like five other books that are also historical fiction from like different eras of history, but I think... So I, I started this book back when I was in uh, Michigan, and my dad knew it by the mini-TV series that spawned in, like, the 90s. Because this was oh. a book from, like, 1970. So 1975. What was the series called? Shogun. It was, okay. it was based on a novel, so I That's think it was, it was a recent... Um, like, it was famous... It's, it's been a big book for a while. Anyway, um, mouthfeel. My mouthfeel's off the charts. I love IPAs. I love the taste of this beer. Um, I'm just a big fan. How does it go down? Real easy. It goes down real easy. For me, at least. Um, if you like IPAs, if you like hops, this beer is for you. Um, six, seven. Wow! Yeah. I I am not kidding, guys. I love this beer. I'm still shocked. So I feel like maybe this is just me and my initial distaste for IPAs, but mm-hmm. I feel like Maddie is trying to compensate. No, for I'm her. not. I just like In this beer. She didn't mention it at the beginning. I just yeah. like this beer. For her, like, knowing that I'm going to give it a low rating, she's trying to compensate for that low yeah, rating, so, so it's don't, average. Don't make it worse than you were going to rate it. So a negative! <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd give this one a three flat. It makes me pucker oh. my lips. Uh, I Shake your head. I would give it a lower <laughs> rating if I weren't already compensating for the fact that I dislike IPAs. Like, it's... Similar to every IPA, I haven't sneezed from it, but it has left that grassy taste in my mouth. Alright, wait. I have just... never heard you sneeze from a beer. Yeah. I've sneezed I just from a beer multiple times on this podcast. No. Yes. No. This beer, to me, largely has been like, yeah, it's pretty decent. I enjoy it. I'm not gonna go off about it like Maddie is, but... It 
it's it's I I have called out. Jeez. Well, sorry. I'm the guy that's sitting in front of the numbers right now, and it's just I'm, I'm seeing the ratings you gave it. Yeah. I like this. You beer. just gave it a six seven on mouthfeel. Yeah, I know. My Those... mouth feels a lot. That's fine. I'm not criticizing you for it. I'm just I saying I don't like feel as strongly as you. I'm not. Yeah, you're just going off. Your numbers feel really high for this beer. Yeah. Beer. Um, I'm gonna give it a five two. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Okay. Maddie, what do you think you gave this beer? Uh five nine? Six even? You gave this beer a six point one three. Okay. Now you are I again will um, enforce that you are the most generous rater amongst the people that drink the beer in this podcast. Yeah. The only beer you gave a better rating for is the Dead Guy Ale. Zach, what do you think you gave this beer? 3.24. Zach, you gave this beer a 3.2. I'm... <laughs> I'm so happy. Zach, this is the lowest rating you've given a beer. That doesn't Smart. surprise me. Blair, what do you what do you think you gave this beer? 1.7. 1.7? Did I do it? Did I get it right this time? Say that one more time. 4.7. Blair, this may be the 14th episode, but by God, you've done it again. No! I thought he had it wrong! Now this may be the right. 14th episode, but it's the 13th time you've gotten it right. <laughs> 13 for 14, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Let's go. Damn I do it. have one thing I'd like to say about this. What? If you like IPAs, I think you would really like this beer. If you don't like IPAs, I don't think you should buy this beer. Uh, what did Jacob give this beer? Mm-hmm. I think he gave it a 5.3. I was going to say 5.4. Royce the 5.9. Yo. What did you give it? I gave this beer a 5.31. Uh, yeah, so I thought this IPA was pretty decent. Um, it was uh, it was a great IPA, um, and I think it's definitely worth the buy. We gave this a combined rating of 4.93. Real quick follow-up. Yeah. What were... Oh, Maddie, was that... You were trying to see if you'd given it enough high. No, I just. I. What well, were you disappointed by that? I am. Her response was, Tate. I am. Look, I think if you, on average, were to give this to someone, a random person, mm-hmm. a random beer drinker, mm-hmm. they would think this is a good beer. Yeah. yeah. Now, you get the occasional person that doesn't like an IPA. I know, I get our rating. It makes sense. Yeah. Let's do jazz hands. Blair, what do you think we gave this in terms of jazz hands? Alright, so I'm going to go with Zach's first. That's the easiest one. Yeah, it is. Zach's score for jazz hands, once again, is not a hand, um, but a scene from a movie. And it's uh, one of the most famous scenes from any movie ever filmed inside of a bathroom. Um, And it is... um, the bathroom scene in Train Spotting with Ewan McGregor. Never seen uh, it. Yeah, and you've never seen it, but you're gonna look it up after this. And you're like, huh? I've never seen that, and 
I hear is what Blair's talking about. And what I'm talking about is this. The most disgusting thing you've ever seen in your entire life. Utterly repulsive. Uh, and that's Zach's score. Uh, he hated this beard pretty much. Um, and he was trying to be nice about it. <laughs> um, so that is the jazz hand for um, Zachariah. Yeah, um, train spotting is pretty hard to watch. So. <laughs> yeah. No trains, as far as I can remember. Yeah, weird. Maddie. <sighs> Maddie's score is a NASCAR driver after he's just, or she, because uh, Danica's there, um, just won Daytona 500 and is just doing donuts in the infield and just shredding up all the grass and having a great time. Um, and all the fans are going, woo! You know, I'm taking their shirts off and stuff and throwing stuff in the track and just completely belligerent. And then Jacob began at a 5.31, which semantically means it was good, I believe. Great. It was a great beer. Great? Yes. Great beer? Um, so, yeah. That is um, great to hear. Um, <laughs> Jacob, then, uh, he's that um, gift, one of my favorite all-time gifts. It's uh, the Robert Redford <laughs> yes! beard. Yes. And the long hair, and it zooms in from a distance, and he's just sitting in a boat by himself in the middle of the lake. And then you get all of zoomed into his face, and he just kind of keeps looking at the camera, the camera's still. And all of a sudden, he just gives a little smirk and a nod. Um, and he's pretty satisfied. That's uh, Jacob. I appreciate that. Any closing thoughts, guys? Uh, personally, uh, and maybe this will be an episode later on, but... Um, This week, me and Zach are exposing Maddie to every single Fast and Furious movie. Good. And uh, I think it'll be good to see her watch all of the Fast and Furious movies. Because so far, she's only watched the first one, and um, I'm eager to get on the journey with her. She... Was surprised by Paul Walker being a cop. I was. Yeah. I was shocked. Huge twist. Yeah. What the twist? Uh, Blair, any last thoughts? You know, with the with the with the COVID, with the coronavirus, um, we've had the shutdown, and one of the uh, unfortunate victims of the shutdown, the March Madness tournament, mm. and so uh, I think here at BrooklynCrew.com. Sport slash brew crew slash Brooklyn <laughs> Brooklyn podcast um, com. We're gonna do a very special episode of our own March April Madness um, bracket. Um, it's called Milk Madness, and it's gonna be crazy. And we're gonna we're gonna rank all the uh, milk food pairings that Listener Can has come up with for us. We're going to milk all his ideas for all it's worth. Yes. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Zach, closing quick, thoughts. Shout out to Nolan. You know, just supporter numero uno. Uh, shout out to Joe Brando. Uh, supporter who's listened to definitely more episodes of this than I have. And didn't just listen to the first one and said, Oh, Zach, I listened to your podcast. That was fun but then has subsequently listened to each episode, even the one that came after the one that we did from his writing. So, like, just 
just giving you a quick, quick shouter. Uh, if you ever have any more thoughts, feel free to send them in. Please. And if Always anyone right. else wants an episode that is like kind of tailored to their own questions or ideas, you're hearing listener Cam wrote in, and we are doing an episode about what he wrote about. You have an opportunity here. You can write into us at brooklyncrew at gmail.com. B-R-E-W-K-L-Y-N-C-R-E-W at gmail.com. Have a great week. Love you. Bye. So grab a pipe, my friend. Let's hope this night won't end. We'll share around and watch the beer go down in cozy Brooklyn.